This week, it was alleged that the fiat U.S. dollar lost just over negative 7% in purchasing power for the last year, 2021. While that accusation is bad enough, the truth is probably near twice that amount. You see, the government has been increasingly lying about yearly price inflation data since the last time the fiat U.S. dollar got taken to the cleaners by silver and gold. Since 1980, and increasingly so in the 1990s and to follow, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics has been rigging price inflation data to help its boss, the world's biggest debtor of all time, the U.S. government, underpay promises it has increasingly never saved for. Even mainstream financial media are now having to report how silly some of the price inflation lies have become. Barron's reporter Randall Forsyth pointed out the following this past week. While the news stories trumpeted that this was the biggest yearly rise in CPI in almost four decades, the jump would have been much larger if the index was calculated with the formula used before 1982, which counted house prices to estimate homeowners' housing costs. House prices were up 19% from a year earlier, according to the most recent S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller Composite Index. Imputed rent, a measure in CPI that estimates what homeowners would be willing to pay to rent their own homes, was up only 3.8%. Adjusting the homeowners' costs for actual prices, would have added an additional 3.5 percentage points to the reported 7% loss or rise in the CPI. Did you catch that? The government's Bureau of Labor and Statistics uses a ridiculous imputed rent metric to help understate the Fiat Federal Reserve note or Fiat US dollars loss of purchasing power this past year. He states that the loss would be over 10% in real goods and services if we actually measured it more accurately. If we use the old 1980 methodology for measuring price inflation, the situation of negative 7% purchasing power for the fiat dollar lost in this past year, that's actually been the norm. It's been compounding for decades running, something we've become numb to for a time span covering the majority of many of our entire lives. Price inflation is perhaps now running higher than the last secular bull market in silver and gold covering the entire 1970 to 1980 era. The Barron's article goes on to state, What's also different from the last time inflation ran this hot is the federal funds rate, which Jim Reed, head of thematic research at Deutsche Bank, observed was at 13% in 1982, with the Fed now continuing to peg its key policy rate at 0 to 0.25%. The real rate after adjusting for inflation is below anything seen during the great inflation of the 1970s and only comparable to the World War II era, he wrote in a client note. Deeply negative real rates equate to super easy fiat currency. And the massive price inflation we are now witnessing, it makes sense. We've blown out our fiat US dollar M2 supply on a percentage basis recently higher than ever before on historic record. And this all while the goods and services we need and require day to day have basically stayed the same or perhaps even shrunk through the last few years of the pandemic shutdowns. It makes common sense that until the next major financial crisis and deflationary bankruptcy events arrive, you can expect price inflation to go higher yet still, and the U.S. government's BLS will underreport inflation to come by around half or perhaps even more. Hello out there. On behalf of SDBullion.com, this is James Anderson with your SD Bullion Market Update. Before we go any further, if you like this kind of content, be sure to smash the like button so we can get this algorithm to serve like-minded bullion bulls. As well, subscribe to our channel if you've not done so already. We're about to draw the winning email address for the 500 ounce 2021 Silver American Eagle Coin giveaway, and we'll reveal that winner here in the coming weeks. 
Additionally, the excellent news is that we're, again, going to run a new 500-ounce giveaway contest in 2022. Click the link below to enter again. Raise your hand if you like free stuff. We were going to give away a free tube of the brand new 2022 Silver Eagle coins. Then we said, nah, make it 25 tubes. SD Boolean is at it again with the Silver Eagle Monster Box sweepstakes. How many coins are in a monster box? Let's just say one lucky participant is going to be showing off their best celebratory dance moves with 500 shiny new silver bird friends. So head over to sdboolean.com backslash sweepstakes for your chance to win. Good luck to all of you who entered this new 2022 giveaway. Now let's get back to the precious metals markets. Both the silver spot and gold spot prices rose this past week. Silver closed near 23 an ounce, gold near 1820 an ounce, while the gold-silver ratio fell lower to close at 79. If you've been following our SD Bullion market updates since late 2019, you probably recall that in September of 2019, the U.S. interbank overnight repo lending rate exploded to record high levels in the middle of that month. Official excuses given at the time for why that spike in overnight lending rates occurred were, of course, complete nonsense. And this week, Wall Street on Parade reported that $2.7 billion in credit default swap failure essentially set off another 2008-like scenario where banks did not know who the losers were and therefore were not willing to lend with counterparties, of course not knowing at the time where other potential bankruptcy failouts might be. Wall Street on Parade further wrote, On September 16, 2019, exactly one day before the Federal Reserve would embark on its first emergency repo loan operation since the financial crisis of 2008, $2.7 billion in credit default swaps on a single name blew up. The dealers in those credit default swaps were the very same trading houses on Wall Street that sought and received tens of billions of dollars in repo loans from the Fed in an operation that grew to cumulative $11.23 trillion before its conclusion on July 2, 2020. In just the last quarter of 2019, the Fed pumped a cumulative $4.5 trillion in repo loans into Wall Street's trading houses, according to the transaction data it released on December 30th of last year. That was before even one case of COVID-19 had been reported in the U.S. And here's just a quick screenshot of the uh, September data, and you can see the explosion in repo loans that occurred on September 17th onward. Around that time in late 2019, we speculated on this SD Bullion channel that the repo loan spike and increase in the Fiat Federal Reserve's balance sheet at the time likely had something to do with failing derivatives stating that the rate we were on in terms of the Fed balance sheet explosion would basically double the balance sheet by the end of 2022. It's hard to believe looking backwards, but the Fiat Federal Reserve actually doubled its balance sheet to over $8 trillion by the middle of 2021 last year. It's now closer to a reported $9 trillion to start this year, 2022. But with the Fiat Federal Reserve and U.S. Treasury still melded using special purpose vehicles under pandemic bailout cover, the truth could be well worse than all of this. I mean, if they transparently lie about inflation year after year, decade after decade, to all our collective faces, well, you might too also question almost all the market-sensitive data they publish ongoing. I mean, how many sets of unpublished books might they be running behind the scenes? Wall Street on Parade continues by citing the September 16, 2019 bankruptcy filing of Thomas Cook, the bankruptcy. Um, they also say that a combination of massive commercial bank job layoffs at the time, if you recall, as well, foreign Japanese bank Nomura and Germany's floundering Deutsche Bank, all of these factors being additional reasons for the lack of interbank lending trust at the time.
Every major trading house and bank on Wall Street is aware of the black hole that exists around derivatives, and that's why they ran for cover in 2008 and again on September 17, 2019. No one knew how much exposure any one derivative counterparty had to Thomas Cook and whether it would set off a daisy chain set of defaults by the counterparties who couldn't make good on paying out what was owed on their credit default swaps. In Wall Street lingo, the big players in the repo market simply backed away from lending, spiking the overnight lending rate from 2 to 10%, forcing the hand of the Fed to step in, become repo lender of last resort to the trading houses on Wall Street, its so-called primary dealers. Basically, Wall Street firms that were derivative counterparties to the two firms that I mentioned, Nomura and Deutsche Bank, uh, were even more anxious and fearful of extending loans to them in the repo market. And since no one on Wall Street had granular details on which other firms were major counterparties to them, everyone backed further away from each other. And on a final note about Wall Street on Parade this past week, it pleased me to see that the highly popular Super Stonks subreddit has now latched on to their real financial journalism and reporting of chicanery ongoing with Wall Street. This post, for instance, got over 40,000 upvotes, and the reader comments illustrated that the readers were universally sickened to learn the largest shareholders in the New York Federal Reserve are basically the same megabank trading houses who've arguably been illegally bailed out since September 2019 onwards. We're talking about the likes of J.P. Morgan, Citibank, Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs, etc. And while the mainstream financial media continues to fail in reporting these facts, it's also worth noting that Reddit has recently banned Wall Street on Parade link posts on their websites too. And so it remains that basically to learn anything important about what is really happening in the financial world these days, you have to do the work yourself. And often, what you're told by officials are half-truths or worse, outright lies. Moving on to the bullion markets this week, precious metals consultancy Metals Focus forecasted that physical silver investment demand for this year, 2022, will hit 300 million ounces. And while they cited increased demand in solar and other factors contributing, my hunch is they know that Indian silver demand is returning to robust pre-pandemic levels. And surveys out of India illustrate that many young people in India are choosing gold and even gold-plated jewelry over gold jewelry itself. So as long as the young, increasingly more wealthy individuals are buying silver, you can expect poor man's gold to increase in value in the years coming. This level of further silver store value demand is basically only going to put further silver squeeze pressures on spot prices ahead. And speaking of the Reddit silver squeeze phenomenon, we're about to celebrate the one-year anniversary of that viral internet movement. So be sure to subscribe to our channel as we'll be doing a review about what's happened basically since and specifically in the physical silver market. That's all for this week. As always to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to give our video a thumbs up. To keep getting bullion-related news and industry insights, be sure to subscribe to our channel. Finally, hit that alert button so you know when we publish fresh content.